We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast, brought to you by SportsAxios.com and Harry's on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Dan Sanio, and I am joined tonight, uh, seeming to get a little more regular here, so I think I can say, as always, Mr. Nathan Powell. Nathan, how are we doing? Hello, hello, Dan. Uh, we are five weeks deep into what we call the NFL season. Uh, it's going to be like week 12 before you know it. We're, I mean, we're almost there, actually. We're about halfway there. We are running through week five currently. We still have, as we are recording, Monday Night Football being played. But we've got plenty to talk about from Thursday slash Sunday. Chaos uh, ensued this week. Hopefully you had one of the big point scores or you probably didn't do very well. And hopefully you weren't playing against some crazy Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, Aaron Jones stack, or you probably are weeping in a corner somewhere. And hopefully we can talk you out of doing anything crazy after what was a chaotic Sunday. And speaking of that Texans offense, that's where we're going to start tonight. Um, As you know, in in season, we do a little more news and notes. So we'll just kind of run down the big moves and see if anything has changed from a dynasty perspective. So Texans offense. I've been on the train of Deshaun Watson QB2 for a little bit here. I've made the statement, I believe he's going to be pushing Patrick Mahomes for QB1 by season's end. And I think we're kind of at that point now where Patrick Mahomes has 
you know, kind of regressed back to the mean a little bit. Obviously, he's he's had some tough matchups and some kind of weird games, and then he got you know the ankle rolled up on this week. So I think we can we can maybe make that full tier that was in between Patrick Mahomes and everyone else to start the season into it's getting closer. Uh, I still feel like Mahomes is definitely the guy, but man, Watson has looked good and he looked really darn good this week. He's got Will Fuller back healthy. Kiki Cootie was out there. Um, unfortunately, it sounds like DeAndre Hopkins has passed away for the time being. Not, not actually, that's not breaking news. We just, um, we missed DeAndre. So Nathan, is he hurt? No, they're just not using him. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> I was not knowing something. No, uh, he's living. He's living. But we, we need to figure out what's going on with this Texans offense. Is this, are we moving Will Fuller way up? Are we kind of holding and just, you know, maybe this is his one big game that he has seemingly every year, even though he does catch all the touchdowns from Deshaun Watson. Let's go down the list and, and talk about these guys. Yeah, I think that, I did come away from the big Laramie Tunsil, uh, Kenny Stills trade saying Will Fuller was the loser of that trade because fantasy Twitter loves Kenny Stills. They they think he's like a top 10 NFL wide receiver, that he's always undervalued, yada, yada, yada. And I, I think he's okay, but I think that he often gets hyped up a little bit too much. But I also did think that if there was a loser from the Laramie Tunsil trade, it clearly was Will Fuller. And so... This game was important for Will Fuller to show he's better than Kenny Stills, and that shouldn't have ever been a question. But I think the Texans were thinking, oh, this is our shiny new toy. Let's use it. Uh, I think they're going to learn that Kenny Stills is more of a role player and not the number two wide receiver on that team. I think that this is a positive sign for for, uh, Fuller moving forward and vis-a-vis a negative sign for Kenny Stills for anyone holding out hope for him. Yeah, I think the big difference in you know people obviously all you know seemingly undervaluing stills and he's been relatively productive no matter where he's been but his availability has kind of always been the one thing that maybe a will fuller didn't have and then of course this week we have healthy will fuller and no kenny stills so that one kind of worked on its on itself but yeah i think i think it's clear will fuller is the is the superior wide receiver but that doesn't mean that Kenny Stills has gotten worse or, or anything like that. Obviously, just being missing the week isn't going to help him. And, and this is just going to you know plant Will Fuller into that wide receiver two spot for good. And I think what all of this really hurts, and we've seen it, is DeAndre Hopkins. I think they're spreading the ball around more. They're using the tight ends a little bit. But if Will Fuller continues to produce like this and, and play as well as he's playing, um, it, it's – it's good for the Texans, but bad for fantasy because now you've got two guys battling for, for top target share, which, you know, I think Watson can definitely support two wide receivers, but I think that brings down, it it brings Deandre Hopkins down probably, uh, you know, into the next tier where it probably puts Will Fuller up one assuming health. And, And that again, like I said before, that's kind of always been his big thing is can he stay healthy uh, I don't think we'll ever get 16 out of him, but when he's out there, he's all he does is score touchdowns, and he's proven that. And Deshaun's proven that by always wanting to target him. So when he's out there, he's extremely, extremely productive, and I think he's an amazing best ball asset. He's he's probably honestly for me like two rounds higher in best ball than he would be in regular dynasty, just because 
of the potential inconsistencies and in, in time missed. So uh, what do we do with Kiki Cutie on this? Is he kind of the odd man out? Is he still lingering? Is it a good time to buy low? No, I, I think he's done. I, I mean, I, obviously, he's, he's still going to be an NFL player, but I don't see him ever carving out any sort of consistent week-to-week role. I mean, he, he's a fine best ball guy, a guy who he'll probably have like two or three like wide receiver two weeks this year, but I don't ever see a chance outside of Hopkins getting hurt and Fuller getting hurt that you really see Cootie getting enough uh, targets. I do think that there's one true buy low right now in this offense, and it is Cahill Waring. Uh, he's making uh, Sean Watson is making uh, Darren Fells look good. Uh, Darren Fells is not good. Uh, so <laughs> if he, if they put in the talented Cahill Waring, he was a third round pick in this year's NFL draft. He's on IR right now. I'm not sure if that's for the season or if that's a you know eight week deal. The NFL IR since they've like made it not a full season thing, it's good for MFL like you know being able to stash guys. But it's so tough. Like oh, is this guy out for four games, eight games? Like, I know it's number four, but is this guy out for six weeks, eight weeks, twenty weeks? You never really know unless you actually Google it, which that requires hashtag research. Um, but Kale Warring, whether it's later this year or next year, I think that he's a good buy low right now. Throw a throw a, a mid third round pick at it, or you know try. He's the perfect type of player that if I'm making a bigger deal with like with some top assets, I say, oh, you know what? I'm not quite ready. Like just throw in Warring if you want to get the deal done. I like that. That's that's always a good move. Anytime you're you're targeting one of those guys, that's kind of whether they're an IR, they haven't broken out yet. Doing stuff like that is is kind of the best time to do it. Is just make them the the filler, make them the bridge to the trade. So uh, I do like that. I do like Warring. I think he he can do well in this offense. And I think sky's the limit for all of these guys. The only thing they're really missing is is a true running game. So, but what I, I happened? What's why did they trade a third round pick for Duke Johnson? If they're not going <laughs> to use him. I don't understand. Uh, I think it was an insurance policy, and turns out Carlos Hyde was the better insurance policy. So go with Geico and not progressive apparently. So, all right, let's let's jump over to another. Well, probably the main news topic, uh, but we slid it down because the Texans are awesome. So. Following a weed smoking and teenage girl hitting on video, uh, well, maybe maybe college years. It didn't really look all that great. Not, not his wife. <laughs> not, not, not his wife. Uh, awkwardly sitting on pavement doing, yeah, oh, God knows what. Jay Gruden got the boot finally. And, it, I mean, it kind of seemed inevitable. The team is absolutely in the dumps. God knows what they're going to do at quarterback. We saw them try to use Dwayne Haskins. He's clearly not ready. Then they turned back to Colt McCoy. It's just an absolute gong show. So for the time being, we have former Super Bowl coach, uh, was it 2002 or 2003, Bill Callahan uh, of the Gruden camp. So I don't think really much will change. Uh, outside of, according to Bill Callahan, they're probably going to run the ball a little bit more. And just for reference, and again, they don't have this player or a player anywhere near this caliber, but the last time Bill Callahan really had a stranglehold on an offense and was was doing what he wanted to do, DeMarco Murray had almost 400 carries. That would be the 2014 Dallas Cowboys. So... Nathan, in short term, is this a good thing for anyone on the Redskins? And if you had to take a guess, who is the next coach, the next official full-time coach, not interim, of the Washington football team names? 
you know what, folks? Uh, I don't think that this firing really matters in the short term. I mean, I guess, I guess it's a good thing for the future of the team that they don't have to deal with Jay Gruden anymore. But it, it is more of an institutional Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder problem. Uh, so I, I don't think this solves all of their problems. But a really good head coach could kind of mask the incompetence of the front office slash ownership. And I know this is like the natural connection, but I do think it would be an intriguing match if Urban Meyer uh, joined the NFL ranks, you know, didn't have a heart attack and joined uh, Washington. I think that whether it's him or another guy, as long as they just don't go with an NFL retread, which the, 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 the hot, NFL retread candidate would be uh, Mike McCarthy. If they go Mike McCarthy route, I'm setting fire to all of my Dwayne Haskins shares and going home. Uh, but for for the short term, I, I think that Haskins gets in in a few weeks. I, I think that they're not feeling the need to rush it because he was so bad in that one outing. But yeah, I, I, this team is, it might, they might not be tanking for Tua, but they are full on the tank train at this point. Yeah, even if they aren't, you know, actually trying to tank, they don't really have a choice because of how bad that team is. Yeah, Haskins, I hope they don't ruin him. I think he's got some some decent upside. I don't think he's ever a superstar or ever really even a good quarterback, but I think he can be a fine starter. He's got the arm for it, but we saw that he's not ready for the NFL quite yet. So hopefully they just kind of keep going with, something other than Haskins so he can just kind of get his feet underneath him. But I think short term, like you said, nothing really changes. I think the long term is entirely dependent on who they go after. So I guess it's probably a decent time if there's any anybody that you like on this squad to maybe go out and try to buy low. Oh, yeah. Every, everyone was, who was taking victory laps on Terry McLaurin three weeks ago, <laughs> go start making some offers because – yeah. You know, you can take victory laps when a guy just had two touchdowns or however many points, but are you going to actually buy low now that he hasn't done anything, hasn't done that much for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, when they only attempt 15 passes in week six, you know, you can you can probably go out and and try to find which Mr. I, F1. I'd give up an early second for him right now if if that gets him, which I don't think it does, but I think it's worth a try. Yeah, I mean, I would offer that all day, every day, even even a little bit of sugar on top just to see. But yeah, this is this is probably either just a hold situation or an entire fade altogether. Like I said, unless there's somebody you really like, this is going to be the time to try to go buy them because the offense isn't going to do anything. Okay, next topic, we turn to the New Orleans Saints and Teddy Bridgewater having one hell of a football game, his best game since, what, 2014 or 2015? when he had, I think, one of his only 300-yard passing games and made everyone on the offense look competent. The only thing that didn't really happen was Alvin Kamara go off, but Michael Thomas did Michael Thomas things. He had over 10 catches and like 180 yards, a couple touchdowns, and Ted Ginn even got in the action. So I think, uh, I, I mean, Teddy's kind of always been that that serviceable quarterback, never kind of you know kind of like the Haskins bit he's never been a superstar never will be a superstar uh he's serviceable and he's he's not going to lose you a game so i think i think short term you know Teddy's just fine for that streaming option quarterback that that you know cheap fill in i don't necessarily think he's the future i think we get Drew Brees back in a couple of weeks but Teddy's still a little bit intriguing just because 
we know that he can do enough. He's just not ever going to do a lot. This is definitely an outlier game. Yeah, the thing for Teddy to become an NFL starting quarterback is you have to look at, obviously, the, the quarterbacks that are aging out, the Drew Brees, the Ben Roethlisberger, those guys, and also look at the, the quarterbacks that are coming up. I think that there are more competent quarterbacks in the 2020 and 2021 classes than quarterbacks that are leaving the NFL. You know, you could say maybe Rivers, Brady, Roethlisberger, Brees, those four probably gone in the next two years. Uh, but outside of those, unless I'm really banking on, on one, I, I think those spots get more filled with young quarterbacks from the 2020, 2021 quarterback classes more so than a, a veteran like Teddy. Yeah, I think I think we probably hit the the quarterback rock bottom here in a couple of years when all we have is 20, 21 year old rookies and, you know, the non elite aging guys. And uh, it'll probably be a few years before everybody catches back on. Who knows? Brady might play until he's 50. So, yeah, I, I think Teddy's just he just kind of is what he is. There's not a ton of value. Don't go chasing these points. Definitely not in any redraft setting. But obviously, if you're listening to this, you're not probably more curious about redraft. I think I think he's fine to have for short term starting if you need a quarterback in a super flex league. I don't really think I'm going after him in any one quarterback leagues. It, yeah, it's more of just an insurance policy on Drew Brees at this point. Can I get a third form in one QB non best ball? Yeah, if, if you find if you find a QB needy owner, somebody maybe that went and got Mason Rudolph, who's now probably going to be out for a little while, you might be able to move him to that owner. Yeah, I mean, I, I have him on a team where uh, where I have two other quarterbacks and I don't need him, but I figured I picked him up. And he, after this nice week, I, maybe I will send out that one an offer or two of maybe a third round pick or, or of course the other option. And I guess it's, it's also, this also depends on whether it's an auction or a non-auction league, but in a non-auction league, I think the good strategy would be Teddy and a third for a second. And I think if you can get that, that is easy money. Definitely. Yeah. And I think if there is a time to sell, it's now after a huge week and probably not seeing those numbers ever again, I would certainly hope Teddy proves us wrong because I've always liked that guy, but obviously we've kind of always known he's never going to be a superstar. So that and the bucks are very bad. <laughs> that's true yeah yeah teddy did great but the bucks so um teddy's f- a former team the minnesota vikings are next on our list all sorts of turmoil with stefan diggs missing practice and talking about how there's always truth to rumors when asked about trades and this and that and the other thing and then the vikings come out they throw the ball they run the ball and they flat out curb stop the new york football giants so is this the game plan we're going to get for the remainder? Or is this one of those, let's please the fans, get them off of our backs, and then go back to running the ball 50 times a game? Imagine a world <laughs> where you have two of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and you actually use them. So dun, weird. Dun, dun. This may have been Mike Zimmer's attempt to, like, you know, to get, maybe not the fans, but just the media and everyone – off of him, like saying you're so conservative, da, 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 da. but also I think that it's one of those things. Like if it hadn't worked, if the Vikings had lost like 21 to 14, then he he would have gone right back to running the ball 50 times a game. But it worked. Kirk Cousins looked good. Adam Thielen certainly looked good. And so I I, I do think that that offense is going to open up a little bit. And I think that it'll show that when and when Dalvin Cook is in an open offense he's going to be a lot more successful than when he was like you know running the I formation so i think that the results from last uh last or this this past week's game is going to be a positive indicator for uh 
the rest of the season for the Vikings. Yeah, and, and I think one of the big things from this one was how good Kirk actually played. This looked like 2018 Kirk Cousins, a little more aggressive and willing to push the ball down the field. What we've seen in the first month, aside from week five from Kirk Cousins, was basically check down, don't take risks, and he ends up fumbling and still throwing picks. So uh, playing hesitant like he had been was was not good for him. Watching him push it down the field, get his wide receivers and, and everybody really involved in the offense. Like you mentioned, it's huge for Dalvin Cook because that opens everything up and that gives him gives him much bigger running lane just because the off or the defense isn't constantly stacking the box, not having to worry about them even trying to throw the football. So I think, I think we see, we see a little bit of this moving forward, but the big thing we have to hope for is that Kirk continues to play like this and not like what we saw for the first month. This was, this was what we, I think, expect from Kirk cousins based on the money, based on the offense and, you know, kind of based on what people have been talking about. So, I think I think the Vikings can sustain something close to this. Obviously, we watched it all year last year, them doing this, but we just we we can't see what happened in the first four weeks. If they go back to that at any point, it's probably time to just try to get rid of anything not named Alvin. Yep. One thing before we move off of the the Vikings offense, I do want to talk about uh, the tight ends a little bit. Kyle Rudolph has not been the consistent, you know, uh, reliable veteran, and it hasn't really been because of the emergence of Irv Smith either, which many thought it would possibly be. It's mostly just been their insistence on running the ball, and of course, that they have, you know, a talented wide receiving core. Are you worried at all about this, these tight ends short and long term, or is it just, you know, Irv Smith's taking a while to develop and Rudolph's done? Yeah, I think I think they're basically making Kyle Rudolph an extra tackle at this point. Uh, I'm not worried about Irv Smith for future. Uh, I still think he can be one of the better receiving tight ends in the NFL. I think he's got that gear. Uh, he's a crazy athlete, just like we've seen from the last couple of tight end classes. That's kind of the the tight ends that the college ranks are now producing are just kind of the freak giant wide receivers that get the tight end designation. So I think. I think if people are worried about anything outside of Diggs and Thielen for this offense, as far as receivers or pass catchers go, I think it's a good time to buy Irv, especially if you're maybe in the in the building process and not necessarily competing. He, he's probably an easy ad for one of those types of teams, and and you might even be able to get him for an older tight end that is producing, uh, and maybe you know a mid draft pick. So, I think there's. I think there's a, a bright future for Irv, but yeah, I, I think the the lights basically shut off for for Kyle Rudolph. So before we move to our next segment, I would love to tell you about one of our sponsors, Sports Axios. It's sports.axios.com. Following a team you love in 2019 can be very time consuming. Trying to follow everything that happens in sports is basically impossible. So scrolling through all of your apps, all of your websites, everything on a daily basis is it's time consuming. It's difficult. It gets messy. You lose your track. You lose track of what you've already read, what sites you visited, all sorts of stuff. So subscribing to Axios Sports is kind of a no brainer at this point. It's the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email box. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you get the best stories from the NBA, the NFL, Cricket, ping pong, whatever you need. They'll give you the top stories, the best stories, everything that, that your eyes need to see, and uh, all the information you could possibly want. 
Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats, trends, giving you ability to stay informed. So if you need to know a stat line from somebody during the week, you're going to get that. Super simple, and it's free. And I think that's the big, big part here. It's free, and you get it daily. That's sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. We all have those guys in our in our league chats, in our text groups. Somebody's sharing something all the time to try to stir the pot, and Axios makes it even easier. So join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no sub fee, nothing. It's free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. That's A-X-I-O-S dot com. Again, try it for free. 99 is your promo code. Free 99, sportsaxios.com. Okay, let us jump into our next topic, which this one's been a guy we've kind of, you know, we've biked and been like, uh, okay, let's give it another week. Let's give it one more week. Let's see. I think we are finally at the point where DJ Chark has to make his way up. I saw our wonderful friend, Mr. Ryan McDowell, move him up in his dynasty ranks to wide receiver 31. My initial reaction uh, after another productive performance was to get him in the wide receiver three ranks. So Ryan's got him mid wide receiver three in dynasty Nathan, are you moving him up that high? Do you have him potentially higher? Uh, or are you maybe worried about Gardner Minshew, maybe worried about D.D. Westbrook, of uh, the way the offense is heading, anything like that? Any worries about D.J., or is it finally time? No, I, I think it's now time to move him into – more so where he is in Dynasty. I think he's officially moved into every week starter territory, unless you only start through our, through our receivers. And even then, I think that he's a start most weeks. Uh, but as far as his dynasty ranking, dynasty value, uh, I don't really do dynasty rankings anymore. So I, I more so look through the lens of what, what I think they're worth in a rookie pick. And in a normal dynasty league, I would say Chark is probably worth, you know, a mid to late first right now. And I, I would snap it, except if someone offered me Chark for my, like, a pick I thought would be 112. I'd take that every day. I'd take that for sure. And I think that, honestly, I don't think you're that anyone would want or would be willing to pay much more than, you know, like the 109-ish. But I think he's very good, and I'm not worried about Minshew. I mean, I think Minshew's a plus. I think Minshew's better than Foles. I think he's the, you know, it may be a hair too early for a quarterback of the future for the Jags, but I definitely think we're heading there by the week. Yeah, and it's crazy how fast things happen like that, because last week I would have said you're nuts to offer a first for DJ Chark, and now I think you have to if you're going to try to get him. And going to the Minshew topic, I, I think I've said it a couple times where I actually do think Gardner Minshew is the quarterback of the future, at least for the, maybe the next couple of years. I think he's at least earned, obviously, the rest of this season and next season. But the Jags have done weird things. You know, <laughs> maybe they go out and, and draft one early next year or or even in 2021. So I, I guess I can't fully say that Gardner Minshew is the guy but he's definitely capable and he's keeping DJ Chark well fed. Chark's got 37 targets through five games, which I mean, it's not an amazing number. We're talking about seven a game. That's most teams wide receiver two, but he's doing so much with each target he gets. He's got like 18 yards per catch this year, which that's 
pretty damn good if you're keeping track at home. He's got five touchdowns, which obviously is, is really important in fantasy. Touchdown gets you those nice six-point bonuses. And he's catching at a really high rate. He's catching 73% of his targets. So when you consider the way he works, you know, a lot down the field, he can work intermediate. He, he seemingly can do everything pretty damn well. Uh, but catching at such a high rate, I think, really speaks volumes to the quality of receiver that he is. And I, I know he was he was on a few people, uh, very, very few people's list of potential breakout candidates. Uh, but obviously, he's proving those folks right. So uh, I think I think not only but with DJ Chark, but even D.D. Westbrook, I think both of these guys have a, have a nice floor built in. Obviously, we have to move Chark up above D.D. in any rankings. But I think D.D. is a nice kind of flex play, maybe like a wide receiver four or five ish. Uh, he's still doing okay in the targets and catches and, and all of that game. He's just not getting those big plays that DJ is getting. And, you know, maybe it's just the way they're using them, the way they're they're running their their route trees and whatnot. But, you know, I, I have always thought that D.D. Westbrook was a, was a fully capable wide receiver that can do just about everything. And then actually looking at the numbers now, he's got the exact same amount of targets as DJ Chark. So they've got the split. They're just being used differently and yeah i mean we've got to move chark up he's shown he's explosive he's shown he can take it to the house on pretty much any play and he's just been solid yeah for sure and i would expect his volume to increase yes he is the deep option but i think that as like i think i talked about this last week where nfl teams are dumb like you know they they see touchdowns like whoa we gotta give this guy the ball more which (laughs) does does make sense in a way but it really should be more about oh this guy had 120 yards this game let's get him the ball more next game not oh he he got in the end zone once yeah they they definitely aren't uh aren't exactly always the smartest but then again here we are recording a podcast (laughs) speaking of our podcast let's hop back into another topic here and it's was highly controversial all off season because everyone just didn't want to believe the hype. They they wanted to to take their Mike Evans binky and go back to bed. And that's Chris Godwin. Uh, he's kind of proved all of the hype correct. I think he's definitely moved himself into the wide receiver one, you know, top twelve conversation, possibly top ten. Even I guess it depends on what you've got up top, but. Working with you know 40 plus targets and and you know seemingly catching touchdowns every single game, and the Bucks don't really seem to have an urgency to get Evans fed. Obviously, it's nice having having Mike Evans work across from you and in, in pulling the most likely the top defensive options. So uh, Nathan, are we ready to put Chris Godwin up in that probably that second tier of wide receivers, or is he still outside your your top 12? No, he's he's now in my top 12, and as an ardent Mike Evans truther, Mike Evans believer, Mike Evans defender, <laughs> it, it pains me to say, folks, but it, it's time. It's time for Chris Godwin to be the – okay, I'll put it this way. He's the dynasty wide receiver one on the Bucks. Wow. I don't think I don't think he's the wide receiver one on the Bucks yet. I think that's coming very soon, but – the thing that Mike Evans detractors say, oh, is, oh, he doesn't get any uh, yards after catch. He's only getting his air yards. Da, 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 da. And that's true. And that's that's where Chris Godwin ex- excels is with the ball in his hands. So 
you know, when, when you have a, a quarterback as poor as James Winston, then you're going to want to get your the ball to the guy who's getting you the, the yards after catch. And right now that's Godwin. So I, I, I don't think that putting Godwin over Evans in Dynasty is anything bad about Evans. I think it's just saying this is how good Chris Godwin is right now. He's getting the targets. He's getting, you know, everything you need in fantasy. And so I think the Bucks just have two top 12, top 14 Dynasty wide receivers. Yeah, and Evans is kind of, you know, outside of his of his monster, his couple monster seasons that he's had, he's kind of returned to his less than 50% catch rate is, you know, like you said, Godwin's a fully different player than Evans with the ball in his hand. Evans is, you know, a, a glorified tight end in that aspect, which maybe, now hold on, I think I just stumbled across something here. Bruce Arians hates tight ends. Mike Evans is a big, fast, glorified tight end. <laughs> Therefore, Bruce Arians hates Mike Evans. I think we solved it. I think we solved it. All right, let's get Mike Evans a tight end designation so we can stop freaking out about the no. <laughs> Just I, I I don't know what to do with Mike Evans. Um, I've always kind of been on the 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 numbers are better than he is train. I, I guess I've never really thought of Mike Evans highly. I, I've thought of him as the as the big bodied, you know, red zone threat and nothing really more. And yet he continues to put up numbers aside from this year where he's really only had two usable weeks, but still, I mean, pushing 40 targets, he's just got to catch at a higher clip. And and some of that's Jameis Winston. More of that is, is kind of becoming the, the wide receiver two in the offense. Like, like you said, it may not be yet, but you can kind of feel that transition happening. Mike Evans isn't isn't taking the priority in that offense anymore. It seems like seems like Chris Godwin is is gone too early and often, uh, almost regardless of what's happening. Speaking of going to things early and often, early in the morning, one of my favorite things to do, Nathan, which you don't do a lot of because you're a lovely bearded man, is shave. But you should honestly pick yourself up some of Harry's razors, and. You know, since since you kind of have that caveman thing going on, it's kind of like humans have been shaving for thousands of years, yet you forgot or just lost your race. I don't know. You know, the the secret to a great shave, though, it really hasn't changed much. The the ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles. Nathan, you don't need that. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. You don't need 75 blades that vibrate and do all of these crazy things. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. Now, I love Harry's. I've been using Harry's even before we started doing this. Nathan, like I mentioned, he's, you know, maybe we can get Nathan one for his back or something. I, I, I don't know. I love Harry's. It gives me a really nice close shave, easy glide. And the best part is the low price. It's really not even comparable to the crap you buy in stores. So do us a favor. Check out harrys.com forward slash blue wire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essentials, quality, durability. Those blades, man, they, they, they don't wear out. It's they're, they're just money. $2 per blade. Awesome. It's super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on scheduled with or without a subscription. So when you send, when you order them, they're getting to you when you're expecting them. There's no risk for you to try them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they give you a full refund. I have never had that issue because they've always been amazing. So make sure any of you listening 
go to harrys.com forward slash blue wire and you can redeem your Harry's trial set. That is a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, which absolutely lovely. The lathering shave gel, which I love that has aloe in it, keeps your skin hydrated. Travel blade to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Again, go to harrys.com forward slash blue wire and get Get, get, get a good shave, guys. It's important. You need to look good any place you go. Or you could be bearded like Nathan. And I mean, it's still, it's fine. But I would recommend a nice clean shave with Harry's. So speaking of nice and clean, oh, well, this isn't really nice and clean, but the Kansas City Chiefs, the wide receiver groups, there's a, there's a lot of sex appeal there when you've got Patrick Mahomes throwing the, throwing the rock around. But we haven't really had much of Tyreek Hill. We've had things like Byron Pringle, uh, whatever the hell that is, and God knows what else. And another kind of missing commodity, aside from week one, has been Sammy Watkins. Now, my feeling was if you if you had Sammy, you sold him after week one because I think the the idea was, wow, Sammy did that, and now Tyreek's gone. Well, guess who's going to get all of the love? It's going to be Sammy. Well, that hasn't exactly happened. So, Nathan, are, are we – is it kind of time to be done with Sammy, even if we've held on now? At this point, is it too long to hang on to just kind of bail? Or do you have faith he's going to return maybe when Tyreek returns? I don't know. If you recall, I'll take my victory lap now. In, <laughs> in week one, I said Sammy Watkins is supposed to be the wide receiver one and put, putting up big numbers. After that performance, I was like, but because it's expected to happen, it won't happen. And it has not happened. And they've had the ancillary parts of Hardman and Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle just take their turns of who's the you know favorite weapon of, of Pat Mahomes. And I think that Sammy at this stage of his career is a role player. He's a very highly paid role player that is going to have four or five games a year where he he's huge, but he is a disappearing act when he is not involved in the game. You don't even see him. Maybe he's not on the field because of injury or he just isn't targeted. It, he doesn't really have like the three to four target game. It's he's either getting eight to nine targets or he's not even seeing the field. So, with, with Watkins right now, I, I'd be trying to sell for a, you know, a similarly valued wide receiver, maybe one that's younger, like a Michael Gallup plus a piece or DJ Chark plus a piece, you know, try and go a little bit younger, but maybe a little less perceived value and just get out from the mess that is Sammy Watkins consistently underperforming. Yeah, I mean, the targets... You know, through four weeks, obviously he missed week five, but through four weeks, he had 38 targets. Yeah, he had 11 targets week one and then 13 more in week two to follow that up. But he had 13 targets in week two. He had 13 targets. How many yards did he have? He caught six of them for 50. So, I mean, it kind of is what it is, but when he's out there, he's being used. I think. I think having Tyreek out there is more beneficial than it is than it hurts because now the defense is focused on not only Travis Kelsey and obviously they've got to keep an eye on Patrick Mahomes, but Tyreek Hill is drawing two defenders to his side every single play. So if you get Sammy out there with a healthy Tyreek 
I think it's different. And yeah, these last few weeks without Tyreek have been have been rough and obviously missing week five. I'm not sure he's been entirely healthy since week one. Um, and obviously that could just be a cop out. But uh, we, we saw a different player week one. Uh, he looked explosive. He looked he looked like that 2014 Sammy Watkins that we all grew to love right away. And and then that guy disappeared because of his health issues and, and inability to stay on the field. So I, I think we're getting a glimpse of, well, we got a glimpse of what was in week one. And now we're back to, well, if he's healthy, he'll be out there. But do you really feel confident starting him? And no, I, it, it is the classic example of if you're starting like five or six wide receivers, you can afford them, you know, a, a low game and you can certainly, uh, you know, benefit from the big game. But if you're only starting three or four wide receivers, it might be hard to throw Sammy out there right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's messy. I think I think if you are I mean, if you're a Sammy truther, you probably still have Sammy. You probably never got rid of him. But I think I think if there was a time this season to buy low and you are a believer, I think now is that time. I think you've got to get him before Tyreek gets back. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've been an ardent believer basically his whole career. I'm very ready to, like, I'm not one to, like, just sell low and obviously, like, might, might, you know, put pen to paper and figure it out. But if if I have Sammy Watkins a league and you're in that league, uh, make an offer because <laughs> I, I am very willing to part with Sammy right now. Okay. And, I, and I'm not, like – that you know me i'm not one to yeah. just like trade based off of you know one or two games but it's just the pattern of how many years have we been doing this with sammy well like four and a half <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah no I, I definitely get that and and um for those of you listening at home nathan definitely isn't a panic trader this is this is built up frustration over over years so uh i think there's probably more people on your side of the fence than there are on mine which again, if if the price gets there, there's usually a, a kind of teetering point where the price finally becomes palatable enough to just take a shot because it's worth it. Now, I don't think Nathan's talking about selling at that point, but there's probably owners in a lot of your leagues where you could do that. So sending out seconds for Sammy Watkins might get it done in places. You don't, I mean, honestly, people people just like to throw stuff away. I, I watched Stefan Diggs after a few weeks get traded for late firsts many places. And it's, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. So, uh, okay, let's move on to our last topic. Get you folks out of here. Slide on over to the Dallas Cowboys in particular, Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup was blowing up. I mean, in the first couple of weeks uh, before injury, he, he showed that he's definitely got a place in the NFL. He, um, you know, when he was coming out as a rookie, there was uh, a lot of folks that were high on him. There was folks that had him even as their wide receiver one for a little while. And we got to see kind of an incredible first few weeks. He had 29 targets through three weeks and, or I'm sorry, through two weeks. So he has 29 targets total now because he had 14 this week. Good Lord. Uh, but he had 15 targets through two weeks and caught all but two of those. So I think Gallup is is definitely here to stay, and I think Dak can support two wide receivers. Obviously, Amari Cooper being the alpha in that in that uh, wide receiver core, but Gallup's no slouch, man. He's he's a big play guy, but he can work the middle of the field too. So I feel like Gallup's here to stay, assuming he's healthy. But Nathan, do you have a different take? 
I don't. I'm I'm very much on the Gallup train. I, I might try and you know. Sometimes it's worth buying high, and oftentimes it's the you know breakout wide receivers that are just starting their breakout and haven't quite hit the this guy's worth a second round dynasty you know startup pick. And I think that that's within the range of outcomes for Michael Gallup. It might be a bit of a stretch with the Cowboys offense, but you know it, it has been good most of this season. It wasn't great uh, the previous week, and it wasn't good in the first half this past week. But I, I think that Michael Gallup is very easily going to end up being one of the best wide receiver NFL wide receiver twos in fantasy, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that's where I'm at with Gallup is I, I, I think that he's, you know, high end wide receiver three, low end wide receiver two for fantasy. And I, I think he's only going to be getting better. I mean, obviously when you're putting up those stats, you're not going to like look bad putting up 120 receiving yards, but he has looked impressive in his three games this season. Yeah, honestly, I think, I think this time this time next year we could be talking about Amari and Gallup as as the new Thielen and Diggs the, the season that those guys had in 2018. Dak can support can support that honestly the way this offense has been going and and the way Dak has progressed. Uh, we've seen Amari Cooper virtually return to his elite wide receiver status. He's looked so good. He absolutely roasted Jair Alexander Alexander all game this week and. Gallup's right there. I, I'm fully on board with him being a low-end wide receiver, too. I mean, he's definitely ahead of DJ Chark for me. Is he ahead of DJ Chark for you? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I think we're I think we're talking to the top 25 wide receiver at, at the bare minimum. And and if honestly, if you can buy at that price, I feel like he's only going up. I feel like by the end of the year, we'll probably have him in that wide receiver 16 to 18 range if things continue on this path because he has looked very good when he's been out there. Uh, we just need him to stay healthy. Yep, for sure. And and obviously in, in previous years, there was the risk of just running Zeke nonstop and, and the wire sewer two not being effective. But I do think in this Kellen Moore offense, there's more of an em- emphasis of getting getting the passing game involved. And obviously when you have the, the, the two wire receivers they have, it's a lot easier to pass than it was with Cole Beasley and you know some scrub player. <laughs> right, right, and I know there's there's a lot of people calling for Dax head after uh, after the first half of of this week, but you know I think there's actually stats out there to prove that he's just not really that great in primetime games, you know, or or maybe it's just against really good football teams because the Green Bay Packers are in fact a really good football team. They've got they've got a, a high end defense and and they showed it definitely in the first half. Dax started to pick them apart a little bit in the second half made some questionable throws and there were some, there were some non calls and some bad calls and all sorts of different stuff, but you definitely can't nitpick on Dak. He's here to stay. He's still a quarterback one and Gallup's moving on up the, up the board as well. So that is going to do it for us this week. Uh, we want to thank everybody again for being here. Uh, thank again to, thanks again to our sponsors, sports.axios.com and Harry's. And obviously, Rotoviz Radio. Nathan, do you have anything left for the folks before we seal this up? Yeah, just make sure to support uh, Rotoviz, rotoviz.com slash radio. Get yourself a subscription, 10% off. And patreon.com slash Rotoviz. Become a Patreon subscriber and uh, support the pod and all the great things that Rotoviz does. And uh, possibly get some merch if you're a high enough uh, subscriber. Yeah, that's right. I always forget about the Patreon. You get the $9 a month Patreon subscription and and you get access to like the Slack channel and, and all of the shows and, and some premium content and everything like that. Plus you get merch at the end of the year. So 
uh, you can come in and chat with in the Slack channels with me and Nathan and, and anybody else that's around. Uh, there's there's specific and all the people at Rotovis that are much smarter than both of us. Right, right. There's there's specific <laughs> channels. So once you get your sub, you can you can get into basically any channel that you want, whether it's redraft, whether it's stuff about the apps, dynasty, any questions you could ask, you know, hot takes, any. There's all sorts of awesome different stuff in Slack that we're all just kind of in there throwing stuff around and and sharing ideas and. And just kind of building the community, uh, the Rotoviz community has been absolutely awesome, not only to us, but to everybody involved. And, and we definitely appreciate you guys. So if you want to get involved, uh, hop into Patreon. Obviously, you know, it is a subscription, but uh, that gives you access to a bunch of stuff and, and some cool merch at the end of the year. So, uh, again, we appreciate all you guys for Nathan and myself. We will see you all next time. Kadoosh.